Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Hello, everybody, and thanks for joining me today on Invest Talk. I do appreciate it. It is Wednesday, November 14th, and of course, we're getting closer to Thanksgiving. That's only eight days away. As the market heats up, when I say heat up, I don't mean necessarily good heat or bad heat lately. Uh, it looks like it's still in that corrective mode, still going to go down. Looks like it might test the lows that we had here in October and see if they're going to break through, break down. We don't know that. You know, right now it's still correction. And it's been going on, what, six weeks? Not unusual. That's not that 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 unusual. Not yet, anyway. Anyways, the market is heating up, both in volatility and pretty much going down at this point. And, of course, the weather is cooling down. As you know, the Midwest people, people in Memphis, Tennessee, saw snow showers this morning. That doesn't usually happen in November. Usually, you know, they, they don't, you know, they, they get low in the 40s, but not down to snow. It's kind of unusual cold. And there's something about that that might tell us why oil prices have been collapsing. You would think that would go up if it's cold, right? Because oil is used to produce home heating oil, which if there's a lot of demand for it, it would go up in price. But it's not. It's been falling. I mean, gas, gasoline price is $1.99 in six states, under $2. So, it's very interesting. We'll talk about that. I'm Steve Peasley, and of course, I welcome you to Invest Talk on our website. We proudly declare the, the same truth every day, the Invest Talk commitment to reason and common sense guidance that can help make you, the investor, make money and preserve money. And that's just as important. Just as important, preserving your capital as growing it. Because not all the time does the market go up. Many people are getting way too comfortable thinking that it does. It does not. So it's how you survive on the downturn just as much as how you thrive in the upturn. So we got you got to think about this. And that's, this show will help. I will help. And my class tomorrow is going to help with that very same thing. So. There's a lot of market news out today, and we'll get to it in a minute. Now, I have a question that may be difficult to, for you to, hand, to handle, but something we would all be smart to confront. What happens to your money and debt when you die? What happens to your money? Everybody knows what happens. You're, you're going to will it to whoever, your estate or, or your relatives. But what happens to your debt? It's not a simple answer. It's kind of complex, but we're going to try to go over some of the basics before this hour is up. Before I get to that, let's make time for a question on our entertainment listener line. The number is always the same. Oh, here's a live question. Let's go to C Dark in Chicago. How are you doing, C Dark? Hey, hi, Steve. Uh, how are you doing? Thanks for taking I'm the call. I'm good. I appreciate your call. Thank you. So I have a question regarding Cognizant Technology Solution. Um, the symbol is C 
TSH. Uh-huh. Uh, currently, like the so I'm actually an employee of Cognizant, so I'm also mm-hmm. buying the stock through ESOP as well as from the open market. Uh, okay. Right now, the price has fallen from last quarter to this quarter for almost ten dollars, but it is still holding uh, in the high sixties. And would like to know yes. that uh, how the market is holding. Uh, should I buy more, or uh, what should be the strategy and game plan for this particular company? Thank you so much. Okay, it's co- no problem. Appreciate it. Thank you. Cognizant Technology, everybody. CTSA provides custom IT consulting, technology outsourcing services for many companies. It's a $40 billion company, so it's a big company, selling for $67 a share. $67.57 to be exact. It's going to make $4.51 this year. That's up 19, 19% from last year. And then it's scheduled to make another $5.04, another 12% grain next year. Sales are rising in their high single digits, 8 9 sometimes 10% in the last you know, two years. And it's been pretty consistent. So that's a good thing. Consistency is always a good thing. So the five-year P.E. range is 14 to 24. And based on next year's earnings, remember, $5.04 into 67. Well, gee, you're looking at, you know, 13, 14 P.E. And that's the low. So it's got really good numbers and very steady. So I like that aspect of the company. The stock price, it got up to about $84 or so in February, March, March, and the February correction didn't affect it hardly at all. And then it fell a little bit to 70 in the mid-70s and rebounded them to low 80s, and now it's at the high 60s, $67.57. So it's been showing some weakness lately, but the company fundamentals do not show any weakness. So all you're seeing here, C-Dark, is... Uh, just a, a repricing of the stock to a more reasonable level. And it will be, uh, if, they, if they stay on track like they have been, next year it will, the stock will be even cheap. So if you don't have too much of the stock, uh, you, you have, there's no reason why you can't keep buying it. But don't buy too much of any one stock, no matter how good it is. Just be careful of that. Don't overload. Okay, appreciate the call. Thank you. That was... Uh, Cognitive Technology, CTSH. CTSH. The reason why, you know, there's here's something we haven't talked about in a long, 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 long time. The market at times in history prices a dollar's worth of earning by companies differently than other times. Sometimes it prices those, that dollar's worth of earnings high with a high price to earnings ratio. That dollar earnings has a high price. And that high price would be above 15, in the 15 to 20, 20 area P.E. ratio. Sometimes in history, it's been pretty low, under 10. So, you know, we have been on, a, on the high end for 20 years. High end of pricing earnings, that dollar's worth of earnings. We've been on the high end. Does that mean it will eventually go to a low end sometime? Yeah, I just don't know when. Remember, the average for the S&P 500 forever is around 15, 15 PE. So this stock is going to be around 14 next year. 
based on their future earnings. But what if we reprice everything? Is that possible? Yes, it's possible. So, what happens to your money when you die? What happens to your debt? Uh, it's, it's a pretty complex subject. You can't just answer it. But debt does not go away when someone dies. It does not go away. You have to pay the debt off using the estate's assets. Okay, so the debt gets passed on to the to passed on, but if you you, you the individual, let's say someone dies, have a million dollars worth of debt, but only a five hundred thousand dollars state. Generally, that extra five hundred thousand does disappear. No one owes that extra five hundred thousand dollars. Okay, so don't think that that you're going to have to pay it as a you know your parents loaded up on debt. It, that's not true. The IRS is not going to forgive uh, taxes. They've got to be paid out of that too. But again, you don't inherit the, the debt from, you know, from the parents. That does not happen. Okay. Now there is such a thing. You know, I, have you heard of probate? That's where the state itself, whatever state your the person died, has its own will. So if you die without a will, the state will decide using its wisdom or lack thereof. That means you, you died in, 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 you know, it without any will. So it's always good to have a will because you don't want the state to decide where, where, the, where your parents or your family's money go. You don't want that to happen. So, and don't, don't think it's a good idea to run up a lot of credit card debt before you die. That's, yeah, it's still got to be paid. It's got to come out of your, uh, your estate. So when you get to the point where you realize you would benefit from professional and unbiased guidance, you know, you, you're going to need an attorney maybe to help you with the will. Maybe not. Depends on how simple or complex your estate is. We can help you. We can help you with where to go and who to ask, you know. You know, we're going to start tomorrow. I have a class. By the way, our number is 888-99-CHART if you want to ask a question. We're going to be going to a lot of question answer period right after the break here in a minute. So if you line up, I would appreciate that. If you Tomorrow, our Invest Talk Academy, we have a class at 9 o'clock. I'll be teaching that. 9 to 10 o'clock tomorrow. It's all going to be about moving averages. What do they mean? How do you use them? How do other people use them? What benefit are they? Those kind of questions. So uh, if, you, if you want to sign up, go to investtalkacademy.com. We have classes once a week, every week. I'm ready for your questions at 888-99-CHART. As an investor, you witness the volatility of October. And going forward, November and December may also have their share of market swings. So to prosper, serious investors need to make sure they are implementing the right mix of strategic investing programs. And you can quickly see what you may be missing if you go to investtalk.com. Okay, the phone lines are open, Steve is here, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Today's main talking point, everybody. What the midterm election results mean for Trump's tariff battle with China. 
Now, both Republicans and Democrats are believed to support tougher stance on China, Chinese trade. But, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that in more detail, and I'll give you my perspective on it. Some of the other topics we're going to talk about. I'm talking about inflation. I want to talk about inflation. And the reason why I keep talking about it is because the Federal Reserve keeps focusing on it, and the Federal Reserve is the one who controls interest rates. Well, influences interest rates. They influence it very strongly. So, you know, inflation is very important. That to you as an investor, it's very important uh, because of the Fed's focus on it. I also want to talk uh, about not just China's, uh, China's uh, the battle with China over trade, but China's possible common recession. And what does that, why does that have to do with oil? Because it has lots to do with oil. So those are two main things I want to talk about before the end of the day. Well, three if you count the midterm elections. Um, and there's a couple other things I want to discuss in passing, but not really focus on, just to give you some updated information. So what do you want to talk about? What happened to the market today? Well, the market was up this morning. Did you see that? It was up pretty good this morning. Gave it all back again. That's a pretty negative sign where it opens up positive. By the end of the day, everybody wants out. The Dow was down 206, the Nasdaq down 64, and the S&P down 21. So we are on our way down to retest, retest the lows. It looks like to me that we made in October. Remember we had a pretty good like week where the market rallied five, six days in a row, and everybody was getting excited that was uh, that was over. Well, guess not. You cannot predict the market. No one can. I can't. No one can. So don't think you can. 888-99 chart. I would get to a voicemail, but I think I don't have enough time. This is the best talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and I will promise to get to the, all the calls right after this break. And I'll remind you of a policy phrase we display on our Invest Talk homepage. I like to talk about it. The Invest Talk commitment to reason and common sense. The down-to-earth approach. The no-nonsense kind of discussion. No, no hype. That's what we are all about. We want. I want to teach. I like teaching. And we. And it's true. We do like doing that. I thank you for listening. The phone lines are open. And I'm ready for your questions. Give us a call at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Here's a reminder about the KPP Premium Newsletter distributed to each subscriber's inbox every Friday. The newsletter provides a roundup summary of the week that was, offers a look ahead, and even puts forth some interesting stock ideas. It's a good news tool for serious investors. And you can subscribe to the KPP Premium Newsletter anytime at investtalk.com. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here, and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Tim from Indiana. I was wondering uh, what your thoughts were on Dow DuPont DWDP. Uh, looks like it's falling into a good resistance level. Thank you. Have a good day. Okay, Dow DuPont, uh, DWDP, manufactures plastic, chemical, agricultural products for the global food, transportation, and other market. $133 billion company, mega cap company. They're going to make $4, estimated to make $4.14. 
this year, 2018, and then another 477 next year. Um, that's the estimates. They made $3.40 last year. So 22% growth this year, another 15% next year. Sales growth was in the 50s, 60s, 70s, but in the recent quarter, it's now 30%. Still growing, but the growth has fallen, and that's why the stock has fallen. And, of course, it also fell in October with the market. Try to remember that the stock market itself is one of the leading economic indicators. So if the stock market itself is falling, it's very difficult for stocks to buck the trend, especially those who are cyclical. Cyclical meaning attached to the economic cycle. Our economic cycle, we're still high, but not necessarily globally. Things are weakening globally. You can see it. Uh, IMF is estimating uh, downward a bit on the growth, and China's got problems, EU's got problems. You've got issues out there, and even though the company's sales and profits look good, just remember, it's very cyclical. The valuation is not unreasonable. I mean, $4.77 earnings on a $57 stock gives you a 12 or so PE, maybe 13, and the lowest it's been is 10 in the last five years. So I would say that it's not cheap, but it's not expensive either. Okay? If it paid a much better dividend, it only pays 2.6%, I might consider it, but I don't. I don't think. I don't think you're getting enough reward out of this, even though it looks, you know, fundamentally very sound. And I'm worried about the, the cycle. We're we're late, late economic cycle. We're still high and still growing, but we're it's late in the cycle, and I worry about loading up on uh, cyclical stocks. Okay. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Give me a call. I'd love to talk to you. This is Invest Talk. I had a, I have an email question coming in today um, about GE. A question for Steve. I'd like to hear an update from Steve about GE. As, and as a reminder, Steve has mentioned that for long-term investors, GE will still be a good stock to invest I want to know where he stands. GE has been under a lot of pressure, as you know. They have a new CEO. We've talked about it several times. Uh, I'm not a big fan of GE at this point. They are a large cap company. They're going to make 87 cents a share next year, $8 stock, meaning it's under 9 PE. Uh, my biggest concern is debt. They are, are selling off assets, and hopefully... Hopefully, that will uh, stem the debt. They might have hit a bottom of about $8 a share, but GE is also a cyclical stock, everybody. And being a cyclical stock, I we are late in the economic cycle. I'm a little concerned about these kinds of stocks. Will GE survive? I think they will. I, I think that, and that's really the big issue. If they survive, they'll thrive. You know, because they have the they have the the size, they have the products. They just gotta get it under control. But you gotta be a long term investor on GE and know full well that the risks evolve. And you're gonna be in a, a slowing economic cycle and I don't know how much damage that'll do to them in a recession. Don't know. Let's go to Daniel in Orlando. Wants to talk about Facebook. How you doing, Daniel? 
Hey, Steve. I was actually uh, want to talk about kind of the FANG stocks in general. Um, so I'm kind sure. of watching this pullback in tech, and I'm really trying to look for the value amongst those uh, stocks. And I really like Facebook. Um, I was curious to see what you thought in terms of the value in the Google, Amazon, Netflix, and Facebooks of the world. Facebook is at its low on a PE on a PE basis, uh, 19 PE, which tells me that it's finally gotten to a more reasonable value, still growing 30, 40%. The growth rate, though, is slowing. It used to be in the 40s, solid 40 plus percent, 45, 47. Now the most recent quarter is 33% growth. And all the FANG stocks, F-A-A-N-G, all of them got hit and are in a bear market. I think it's too early to get back in. I, I don't think you buy the FANG stocks. I think they're going to be under pressure for some time actually uh, so i'd be i'd stay away from them but keep them on my watch list but you want to buy strength not weakness daniel appreciate the call wait till they show some strength facebook as well tomorrow on invest talk financial market volatility spiked in october and now hedge funds are on pace for the worst year since the lehman brothers bankruptcy that story is tomorrow by the way i'm steve peasley i'm ready to take your questions at 888-99 chart To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call InvestTalk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? YCharts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. YCharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use YCharts every day. YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YCharts has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bluebird Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious. Get YCharts. Steve and Justin thank the InvestTalk listeners who made time to sit down with Steve recently in San Jose. If you missed out on the opportunity for your no-cost portfolio review with Steve, go to InvestTalk.com. Then over the InvestTalk menu link, scroll down to Portfolio Review. You've got finance and investment questions. Steve is here and you can get unbiased answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART.
972-4278. Let's talk to Vitaly in Atlanta. How you doing, Vitaly? I'm good, Steve. How are you? I am pretty good. You want to talk about uh, PG&E? Uh, yes, I do. Um, didn't they get blamed for the other wildfires? Um, so I'm just curious. Yeah. Like, I'm guessing they're getting blamed for this one as well. And I uh, just want to get your opinion it's on certainly it certainly sounds like it. Uh, there was some malfunction of something. No one is saying that that caused uh, the caused the problem of uh, the fire. They're, they mentioned a campfire uh, out of control, but it certainly has trashed the stock. And I decided to go ahead and exit. I'm worried about I'm worried about a value trap. It, it looks, I mean, it's an 8, eight, eight PE. It's going to make money next year. But if it's blamed for this fire, Vitaly, if it does get the blame, there's so much damage from this fire that it could put them in jeopardy of bankruptcy. So I took a, my my loss and said, okay, I still think if, if, if they survive, the stock is really, really cheap. If they survive. Mm-hmm. I'm worried that if they get blamed for this fire, it might break them financially. So, at what point? So, at what point? Like, do we wait for the fires to stop and then see what happens, or what do we what do we wait for to see if they can recover or not? Well, most likely it will bounce. I'm just not sure how how big of a bounce it will be, but I'm thinking if they get blamed for this fire, if that does happen, the recovery is going to take years, years. And I don't want to sit on dead money that long. I, you know, I'm I'm here to manage money and make profits for my clients, and myself. Yeah, and they're so also they're not, I just, they're not even paying the dividend either. No, and that was one of the main yeah. reasons why I bought it. So I'm thinking, gee, there's too many things that are going wrong, and I just gave up. You know, sometimes you just give up. Say, okay, I'm gonna look at other the other utilities out there, Vitaly. Uh, we own several of them. They're all did really great. They're doing. They're, they went up in just in October, not down, with the rest of the market. Well, you know, their utilities a, are supposed to be defensive. Mm-hmm. Well, how about EIS? Because didn't they get blamed for the other fires too? Because I know they're going down as well. Uh, are they getting blamed for this fire as well in California? I do not know. Uh, I only know the PCG okay. is. I do not know. Vidali, I appreciate gotcha. the call. Thank you. Let's go to BJ in Fremont. How you doing, BJ? Uh, I'm doing good, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Always enjoy your Thank show. You. So okay. my question is about uh, Bank of America. Uh-huh. Uh, what's your uh, uh, suggestion on that? Did, does it look attractive here, or what will be the entry point? I don't ho- have it okay. right now, I, I, I'm thinking of taking I say no. It, it, I don't think it looks attractive at this price. I do not. Bank of America, Global Holding, everybody knows who they are, Global Bank, you know. And the, the Global Holding Company is one of the problems because in the U.S. the economy is doing fine, but not everybody else. They are huge, $267 billion in size. They make money. They always make money. They're going to make money this year. They're going to make more money next year. So, you know, they're going to make $2.88. It's a $27 stock, so the P.E. is going to be nine. Okay, next year. If they make their number, it's going to be nine. Uh, a five-year range is eight to 17. So why aren't I high on the stock? 
Well, I'm not necessarily negative on the stock, but I don't think you buy it here at $27.21. It got down to about, at the beginning of the year, one year ago today, it was right around $26 a share. I think that's where it's going to go and test. Uh, I think that's where it's going. Um, so I think you got to wait. It's not showing strength. It shows some strength coming out of the fall in October. And, you know, I could see myself easily buying it because it started showing strength. But in the last four or five days, it's showing weakness again. It's giving back half that. So I think you just got to be more patient here. Um, I, 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 it's not a, it's not a bad place to fix around 26 is a good entry point. I think so. If it goes to 26 and holds there, if you'll notice, I always tell people to wait for it to show a little bit of strength or trade sideways and then up. And that means, you know, three, four, five days to a couple of weeks showing us that it's finally getting off the dime and going in the right direction. That's what I would wait for. Because I don't think the market's done with us, BJ. I think the market is going to put downward pressure on it. I do. Okay. Okay. All right. Appreciate Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, China coming recession has pushed oil prices below sixty dollars a barrel. This is an opinion piece by Ivan Markchoff that I was reading, and I said, you know what? I kind of agree with almost all the things he says. Now, I mentioned yesterday about the huge debt. I think it was yesterday, the huge debt that China's carrying. Okay, they have this huge debt overload. Um, and I was writing about it as well. And he speculated that the, one of the reasons that oil prices have been collapsing, remember they've gone down 20%, they're in a bear market decline, is not because of, uh, of, of, of uh, supply, it's all about demand. The demand is going down and that demand is going to go down from China. He's saying that they've already seen it. There's also another reason why he said it go down. I'll, I'll get to that, too. But he's talking about China's slowing economy. It's still growing, but he's talking about a possible recession coming for China. What's the tipping point? What's going to cause this recession? Okay, did you know that they can't talk, it's illegal for them, China, the uh, press to talk about, they can't mention a shrinking GDP, they can't mention uh, debt, they can't talk about, uh, there's things that they are not allowed to publish, can't talk about defaults of debt at all, they had to get government permission. So, China has a huge debt problem. Their debt, their GE, their their debt twenty years ago was you could there wasn't hardly any wasn't anything to talk about. Okay, it, then they got it, their debt came to about oh I think it was and um, uh, the debt went from one hundred percent of their GDP twenty years ago to four hundred percent now. This is the official debt. They also have. Uh, unregulated lending debt that they have no idea how big it is. No one does. The speculation is it is just as much as their official debt. But no one knows. Now, about two years ago, China started to address this unregulated lending, this debt, tightening the screws to, get, to try to get it out of the 
unofficial area into official status by different methods. And what that is causing is tightening of their financial situation. And that is causing the government to start, the GDP to start to slow down more. Now, in the past, when they started slowing down too much, they just spend more money. They go more into debt to speed up the economy. The, the, art, the writer of this opinion piece is saying, that's fine. They've done it every time it's happened in the past. But now you're talking about GDP of well over 400%, debt well over 400% of the GDP, four times the GDP. Think about that. Our debt is what? Uh, we have about 13 what, $14 trillion in debt, $15 trillion in debt, and our GDP is about $13 trillion or so. They have four times that amount of their GDP, and it's speculated it could be as high as eight times that on unregulated debt. So his opinion is they're in trouble. Now, the problem is it's like, it's like crying wolf, you know, the problem is they've been in trouble all the time. For the last 20 years, they've been in trouble because they keep adding debt, adding debt, adding debt to spark their growth. They keep building cities that no one can fill. They keep doing things that, you know, is unreasonable. But they've always had a, a, a high growth and high exports. High, that means uh, uh, getting money, other countries to fuel their growth because of the exports. Cheap labor they have and they import, uh, export, export their products and they get the dollars for it. And, and then, you know, so it's coming into them. That's starting to change. Uh, when it stops, no one really knows. You know, so maybe uh, it is another crying wolf out there that China is finally going to have its come up. Of course, you do realize that China is in a bear market this year in their stocks. And there's a reason. The demand for oil is going down. There's a reason for that. The economy is not doing that well. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and we stream and broadcast Invest Talk live at the 4 o'clock hour Pacific time each weekday. It's also available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week via archive podcast at investtalk.com. So be sure to substitute the Invest Talk podcast or subscribe. Please subscribe to the podcast, if you could, on iTunes and Spotify and Google Play. And we'd like you to rate us. We always like the, ra the ratings. I do, anyways. I like to read them. And lines are all open. We're talking. We're taking all your financial questions. Anything financial we'll talk about. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they are committed to reason and common sense guidance, and that can help make you a better investor. And this philosophy is implemented for KPP clients and across all Invest Talk platforms broadcast radio, live streaming, podcast replays, plus the KPP Premium Newsletter, Invest Talk webinars, and the new online training class, Invest Talk Academy. Principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein have over 60 years of combined experience in portfolio and money management. You can reach out to Steve or Justin by calling their Dana Point, California KPP Financial Office or by sending them a message through investtalk.com. The Invest Talk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. 
Hi, this is John. I was calling from Walnut Creek. I just had a general question. In the U.S., I want to see how the market did. I can look up the Dow or the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ. If I want to see how the Chinese stock market did for the day or the Hong Kong or the, well, I'm blanking on the third one. Anyways, I'll, think about, I'll think about it in a sec. Would you use the Shanghai Composite, the Hang Seng? I can't think of the third one right now. Or are there any other indexes that you use to better track to see how the market did in Asia? Oh, the Nikkei was the other one. I'm sorry. Um, I'm interested in just having uh, something to look at to see how the markets in China, Japan, and Hong Kong did in the day. So thank you very much. I enjoy your show. Bye-bye. Well, the answer is yes, but how I do it is I look at the exchange-traded funds of their indexes. For instance, uh, iShares China Large Cap, like our, I would say, related to our Dow, the, the iShares FXI, and that's the exchange-traded fund that tracks the Chinese 25 index. Uh, if you're looking at uh, Japan, it would be EWJ, uh, and that tracks exchange traded funds seeking correspondence to the Jap uh, MSCI Japanese index. So that's how I look at the markets in these foreign countries. Almost every one of these Asian countries, almost many of the countries around the world, have an ETF of their index, of their main stocks. And if you really want to look at them, that's how you do it. Um, you know, EWH, I believe, is Hong Kong. Let's go to that. Uh, yeah, Hong Kong. And that's, uh, that tracks the MSCI Hong Kong Index, which is a broad market index of Hong Kong stocks. So, now, let me tell you about some problems with these individual uh, stocks. For instance, uh, I think it's EWX. Is that Mexico? No. Um, EWM? <laughs> I'm trying to remember which one is Mexico. Um, that's Malaysia. Anyways, for instance, I know the exchange-traded fund for Mexico is primarily made up a great deal of it by just a few stocks. And the exchange-traded for Brazil uh, is dominated by their by their oil company. I mean, it, you have to really look at the the uh, their uh, their index and see what is it made up of, so that when you're buying them, you understand that you're buying. Uh, you're you're looking at something that's very maybe narrow, very narrow look at the entire market, not broad. Let's go to Glenn San Leandro. How you doing, Glenn? Hey, good afternoon. I love your show. Quick question for you. If Thank you. If goes bankrupt, how does that affect the retirees that get their monthly retirement check from pg &E? Strongly, strongly, strongly believe it won't affect them at all. Remember, this is a, California oh, is a Democratic state dominated by Democrats, and unions is one of their biggest supporters. And anybody with a pension plan pretty, you know, in California, it's pretty much protected. Pretty much protected. And it is a utility. So that's why, number one, it probably won't go bankrupt. Number two, if it does, all the stock shareholders will get killed and it'll come out of that with, you know, a new, a new symbol, a new company, and no debt. 
that's how that will work, or much less debt. But the, the, the pension holders won't have any problems. Okay? 888-99-CHART, give me a call. This is the best talk. On the next Invest Talk, financial market volatility spiked in October. And now, hedge funds are on pace for the worst year since the Lehman Brothers bankruptcy. That story tomorrow. But now, Steve's here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888 99Chart. 888 and we're going to talk to Jeff in San Francisco. How are you doing, Jeff? Not bad, sir. Yourself, you've helped me out in the past, so uh, I've decided to get out of funds and try individual stocks. I know tech's been taking okay. a beating, and uh, I went and bought 25 shares of Cisco stock. I went to a Schwab fund, looked at all their ratings from Reuters, uh, CFN, or whatever they call them, and Schwab, and everybody says, good time to buy right now. What is your premise, oh, great one? Tell me. Tell me I did a good thing. I don't know. I don't know. A great one is probably not the right terminology for me. Okay, I like Cisco. They are a well, very you strong a company. Fast, okay, so I just put it to you like that. So, <laughs> okay. Cisco Systems, everybody. Make switches, routers, other network and communications hardware. Good company. Very solid company. Pays 3% dividend. Makes a lot of money. It's growing its money. About 6-8% sales and about 9-15% to earnings. Growth, 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 nice company. Of course, it's so big, it can't grow like it used to, but it's still growing. Return equity is 23%, yeah. not much debt. I mean, you can't say, the, the, the experts, Jeff, cannot say bad things about it because there's nothing bad to say. Now, let me tell you yeah. what I think because you know, I'm not the expert other people are. I think that the stock, if it breaks below $43 a share, I think you got to get out. Okay, it's at forty-four dollars okay. and thirty-three cents, because that'll be if it breaks below the two hundred-day moving average and the interest rate low it made in October. I get worried because not because of the stock itself, Jeff, but because of the market yeah. overall. That's what I'm worried yeah, about. Yeah, I know. Tech's been taking a uh, beating. I know. That's... Yeah, yeah. Tech has been the Fang stocks. They're all almost all of them are in a bear market. They're down twenty percent or more. But you notice yeah. that Cisco is not. So Cisco is a really good, held up well. I like it, but I think you just need to have a stop out if it doesn't start working. Because I just, I can see it. I can see it easily going down to the high 30s, even the mid 30s. I can see it easily going there, and I don't, you know, I, I would rather see you buy it back up down, down there. Okay. Okay. Cisco, CSCO, everybody, Cisco, good company, good solid company. Yeah, if you take a look at it and you look at their February weakness, remember that 10% correction? Yeah, they had a little correction, about maybe 10%, but, man, it recovered strongly after that. And it never even got close to the 200-day moving average, breaking below it. I'm going to talk about this on Talk Academy tomorrow, the 200-day moving average. If you, That 200-day moving average is kind of important, not just for Cisco, but for all stocks and the market itself. And I'm going to explain why at Investor Academy tomorrow. Okay, one more thing we are talking about: inflation. Inflation. We had the PPI, Producer Price Index, out last week, and remember I said it whoa, it was a lot higher than they expected. 
But then I had pointed out most of that was because of oil. Remember, oil jumped up in October. And now we're in a bear market in oil because it went down 20% from then. So you're looking at the CPI. CPI also went up, but not as high as 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 the uh, PPI. Um, it, uh, for the 12-month period, it's now 2.5% from 2.3%. So it climbed three-tenths of a percent in October, which was in line with expectations, by the way. But inflation at 2.5% is still well-controlled. It's not out of control. But the Federal Reserve will look at it and say, hmm, I got to do, you know, do something. I got to keep raising interest rates. Now, if you strip out food and energy, it went up two-tenths of a percent instead of the three-tenths of a percent. If you look at core, okay, core, meaning the core rate, if, and this is really closely watched by economists, core rate tries to identify basic inflation, excluding all those things that are volatile, food, energy, and other things. And that dipped, went down to 2.1% from 2.2%. So, is there inflation? How bad is it when the core rate goes down? I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest Talk program. And I thank you for your loyal support and questions. I do appreciate it. For our podcast listeners, you'll be learning much more about Y-Charts. And did you know that you can get a free Y-Charts trial? You know, it's a pretty good discount, too. Just mention investtalk.com. you got to mention investtalk.com is where you heard it. Justin and I use white charts quite extensively. Have a nice evening, everybody. Thanks for listening. Good. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.